nightmare. Hello and welcome to Cinema Subculture, the podcast where we discuss everything strange, obscure and downright messed up in the world of movies. My name's Gary. And I'm Simon. Welcome to episode 22. 22. Today we are discussing Julian Donkey Boy. Julian Donkey Boy. Directed by Harmony Kareen. Harmony Kareen. Um, 2000, I think it was. 2000. Uh, 99 it says 19, here. Okay. Right. I think that was the film festival though. Right. September and then October it was wide release. Um, I'm looking at the wiki page just now, just, I don't know, again, it's not, Wikipedia is not always uh, correct. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just, it says here, directed by Harmony Kareen, uncredited. Right. Just because it does, I mean, did it not say that at the beginning? It says Harmony Kareen at the end. Yeah, That's yeah, part sure. of the dogma. Right, thing. ah, right, 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 right. Okay. when the dogma rules is director can't be credited. Ah, yeah, maybe so, tell me that, that's uh, right, right. Do you have the list of dogma rules there before? Do you want to go for it? Get, do we outline of the manifesto before we... Well, this is uh, officially the first dogma film we've discussed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done some Lars von Trier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I think this is dogma number six. Right, but, okay. So basically, dogma 95 was a movement pioneered by Lars von Trier and Thomas Vinterberg. Mm-hmm. He came up with a sort of manifesto for a new style of filmmaking, which uh, was a rejection of the kind of artifice of Hollywood and sort of commercial filmmaking. And it was about just sort of simplifying everything down. Uh, so there was 10 dogma rules. Right, okay. We'll lay them out. Go for it, may as well. Yeah. May as well. Um, Wait, so, number one, uh, must shoot on location, and uh, all props must be found within that location. Mm-hmm. Can't like bring anything in. Okay. Um, only diegetic sound can be used. Um, must be shot handheld. Four, uh, must be shot in color. Five, no uh, optical work is to be done. Uh, six, no superficial action like murders or explosions, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, seven, no temporal or geographical alienation. Right. Eight, uh, no genre films. <laughs> right. Nine, must be shot on Academy 35mm. Mm-hmm. And ten, a director can't be credited. Got you. Um, for some reason, I hadn't read these before. I'd maybe you've told me them before, mm-hmm. but I hadn't went back and looked at them before I watched the film. But for some reason, I thought this was shot digitally. Uh, you know, I thought that was one of th- Aye. Yeah, that was. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> the, the Academy 35mm is one of the, the kind of stupidest rules because the nature of dogma films, like shooting on video, is what defined them in uh-huh. a way. Aye. So uh, that rule was, I don't, I don't know yeah, if it was ever Because it's like, it screams digital this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Aye. So nobody listens to Rule 9. Right. So it's like, like you get to the bottom of the list and it says, yeah. like, you know, it's those things you read the whole list before you do anything. Mm. Remember we used to get them in school? And then it gets to the bottom, the last one, it says, don't do anything that you saw oh, above. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just make a film, motherfucker. Aye. <laughs> that seems like you know what it is. But aye, um, what was the other thing you say? Like, they shot like in, was it a family home or like a house yeah, you grew up in? Yeah, house. Just thinking, you know, but like the, the props and stuff like only can only exist what's right. there. Well, as it says, grand, go and get, go and buy something, right. a certain thing, and bring it into the house, and then I'll go, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Who certifies that? Who, like, you know, because there's a certificate at the beginning yeah, of the yeah. film that's signed off by the, yeah, the the four, and to certify this is a dogma mm. film. Mm. Who did? How do they? Well, the thing is, is that badge it, of honor, it's, like, it's, it's, trust. It's based on trust to some extent because the director has to write out confess their sins to the what rules actually broke right okay because I don't I don't think any dogma film has like followed the rules to okay, the director right. so, oh so right it's yeah Pontrier <laughs> said to some extent <laughs> it really is don't do it <laughs> yeah I think Pontrier said to some extent it's about how you can push it <clears throat> yeah push the rules to kind of bend them and uh-huh. sort of um, it's more of <laughs> right. a kind of see what you can do with this type of thing mm-hmm. with this sort of set up rather than uh, it's like kind of yeah. like as much as possible, where possible. Create, it's about creativity, trying to sure. do something by yeah. restricting Yeah, I mean, definitely, yeah. and you can see that within the film, you know what I mean? It's you, it's never going to be uh, accused of 
like going like the kind of Hollywood right, route I... of kind of high production like craziness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that it is kind of guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah, basically, you know what I mean. So I get what you mean, but that's a uh, you know kind of weird. That they, <laughs> that, I mean, in that way, like many films could write in and say they're they're dogma films. Well, try it has to be certified. Mm. Cheating bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there has there ever been one that's made been made a film? Sorry, a dogma film that's been made that's flawed off ten rows? Um, I don't know to be honest. I think there's maybe like a hundred. They were official, right? Till they gave up certifying them, right? Like, right, right. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> what does that say about the whole thing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, this was a bad idea, guys. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Just do what he's want. <laughs> aye. Um, aye, fair enough. <laughs> um, so that's the the dogma. Uh, set up mm-hmm. for this film. Um. Obviously, I mean, like, Gummo, you know, kind of followed some of it, didn't it? Um, yeah. To a certain extent, I know that there was, well, I don't know, I don't know, but like, I take it there was a lot of the, maybe the stuff they used in the film wasn't necessarily, like, uh, found on location, things mm. like that. Don't know if that was handheld cinematography as Got much, kind of quite recall it. Yeah. Uh, but certainly that... I remember it having like a cleaner look than this yeah, has. Yeah. This feels that was a lot 35, of time. I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, was it? Right. Yeah. So that, right. Yeah. <laughs> do and you want to, um, then, if we're now we're getting to the film, do you want to give us a wee bit of a rundown of the plot, Gary? The film follows the character of Julian, uh, who is a schizophrenic, and his family. It's a sort of character study, more than a plot based film. Uh, just follows them and sort of in their day to day lives. His sister Peril is pregnant with his baby, it seems. Yeah, that's right. Um, there is uh, an abusive father yeah. played by Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah. And there's a brother who's into wrestling. He's really into wrestling. Yeah. And the grandmother. They all live in one house. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't exactly know where it's set, but I don't know if it's de- defined. No, I didn't. I th- it's shot, I believe, in Contrats, I think, in New Jersey. But okay. I couldn't right. see. I didn't see anything within the fi- right. film that said, mm-hmm. you know, who it was. Yep. So, was this like I can? Did you come across this after having seen like things like Kids and Gum, or was this um, beforehand, or probably around the same time? Sure. I think I can't even remember. Mm. But, um, probably just off the back of one yeah, or yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So comparing it with Gummo, mm-hmm. in some ways, I think it's more conventional in a sense. And they said that Gummo was uh, just a kind of series of vignettes for different characters. That's right. This is and with a bit a, more with locked a slight in. connective tissue. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is a bit more locked in um, in a sort of conventional film. Um, but I think what's interesting about this, it goes a bit further with the experimental side of the form uh-huh. uh, with this um, compared with Gummo. So, you know, continuing the idea, like sort of the realism, obviously of the sort of dogma side of it. Um, also, is it's another sort of version of Kareem's aesthetic where it's sort of the bizarre, sort of finding sort of beauty and sort of ugly, the ugliness, quote-unquote ugliness, mm-hmm. um, sort of stuff he likes to put on screen. Yes, he's taken pretty much like the story and bases the character of Julian um, from his uncle. Yeah, yeah. I believe um, it's pretty, apparently it's pretty close, I think, to like a lot of the stuff that he went through. And they've seen because of the shot in the house that he grew up in, and he saw a lot of that the kind of same that that actual saw the stuff happening with his uncle. You know, I think he said he saw his uncle throwing his grand downstairs right, yeah. at one point. His grand plays the grandmother, doesn't he? Aye, don't you? Sorry. So I thought it was a it was a really interesting like look at let's schizophrenia. Mm. Yeah, I've I've never really met anyone with like or, or not that bad, you know, mm. kind of level of schizophrenia. Um, I thought it was it was really honest, a really raw, like real, like you know, what I mean, yeah, like uncomfortably real at points, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning. You know, you you just don't know where we're going with it. I, but I couldn't, I couldn't help just jumping around. I couldn't help but think, like, went through it, like, 
see if his dad wasn't so fucked up. Maybe right. he would have been turned it a little right. more, <laughs> more adju- better adjusted. <laughs> um, right. I kept thinking, like, I wonder if he was all right when he was wee. When he, see, when he was Chris's age, do you think he was like, you know, the, the, the younger brother? Is that? I think it's the younger brother. Yeah. I wonder if he was all right then, and right. you know, he's fucking <laughs> get the, the call hose in him and everything. Yeah, and then yeah. he turns into <laughs> Julian goes mental. Um, but yeah, it was a. I really that uh, the dad was a class act. Mm character i thought he was brilliant um i think some of that stuff was ad-libbed uh, well the way that it was said, making the, the making of yeah the, well the, i think most of the script was improvised yeah sure yeah. sure um, but uh, the stuff about the dirty harry and stuff right. like that and oh it was it was genius uh yeah he's got so many good lines <laughs> yeah um, but um what was uh, am i i am am i sensitive <laughs> He just kept saying it because he was drinking that stuff. He was drinking it out of the shoe. <laughs> oh, and what, dancing about with the, the gas mask on. Yeah, stuff. yeah. The only time I, like, I thought he seemed normal was when he was with his pal in the arms. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool. I liked that. I really liked mm-hmm. that. Um, the conversation there. Um, but he, he was a star act, mm-hmm. class act. But that, that was like, the kind of really enjoyable. But the, you know, the part that you can almost felt this is kind of. It was like kind of almost farcical right, stuff yeah. with that, you know. Obviously, obviously, it's based in the, it's very obviously abuse is not a, a funny thing, but in this the way it was the way mm. he was putting it, the, he was playing it. Yeah, I think that the way he delivers those lines. Yeah, um. it's it really is. It's like it was good. So that 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 kind of like uh, was a good comparison, like you know, contrast to the the kind of darker side of what where, where Julian was going, what mm. Julian was going through. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the, the opening? Does he kill that boy? Well, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Um, um, it's not exactly clear, but he seems to be sort of burying him. There's a sort of scuffle. Well. And then um, it seems to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe he's not actually dead. Because there's nothing explicitly that yeah. that would seem to be enough to kill someone. But um, yeah, that's an interesting way to start it. Cause, <laughs> it's uh, funny if halfway through the film, right. have this guy run up to who's covered in muck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> yeah, I think Cream is going for a kind of, uh, as you were saying, like a real portrait mm-hmm. of mental illness rather than a sort of Hollywoodized version. Yeah, Aye, um, yeah with the happy so, ending and the, the kind of... Yeah. Y- you know, you're, you almost feel sorry. I didn't really necessarily feel sorry for Julian most of the... You know, I didn't have pity for him. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, you know, he was out there and he was kind of living his life, to, you know, mm-hmm. in the kind of fucked up way uh, that it ended up being. But yeah, so that's interesting me to start it because it's where I immediately kind of pace back kind of nasty side of the character, mm-hmm. the nasty side of it. So I think what Kareem does, he kind of he shows that the sort of duality of it without making it kind focus. of rosy. Yeah, I think he mentioned in the making of like how mental illness is sometimes kind of fuzzy and mm-hmm. like um, something like Rain Man maybe because mm-hmm. yeah. um, he's, he's obviously has a direct experience of it so mm-hmm. he saw the kind of nastiness of it it was also good from a standpoint because usually when like, you maybe get a film like this you you meet the character and <clears throat> they are kind of like you know you kind of pity them but like or you feel sorry for them mm-hmm. you know you're made to kind of like fall for them the character yeah and then it kind of builds up to them maybe losing control and doing something that ends up you know yeah you know there's mm-hmm. always that kind of, where he's coming in and giving that straight away and then after that really he doesn't do it there's nothing like he's a completely like loving yeah kind of straightforward in his head you know like good character you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's kind of interesting because it almost does two jobs because it one it takes that away you waiting for something to happen because something's kind of already happened you kind of forget about it mm-hmm. but also like you do, you don't know if he's going to go again maybe like something else is going to trigger him off yeah. which it, it doesn't really happen you know what mm-hmm. I mean um, so it's kind of interesting that because usually is the kind of traditional Hollywood film would lead you in with the kind of softy softy then go to a big something and then maybe the third act would be a res- resolution you know yeah. what I mean whereas this it kind of gives you that up front saying this is the kind of nasty side of it mm-hmm. But that's not what we're really going to focus on. Mm. But that can happen. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. yeah. What I liked about how it kind of treat how the other characters treated the schizophrenia, um, it was always there. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They weren't immediately always calling it out. Type sure, thing because sure. what that scene with uh, when he does the poem and then it's a dirty Harry. Yeah. Um, I like how the dad he does the poem, 
But and the dad's like, no, 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 no. But he doesn't kind of call him, uh, say, don't do the poem, don't say that, like, because he's just been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, he criticizes the poem. You can't chaos. Yeah. Nothing rhymes with chaos. That doesn't even rhyme. He's like, chaos rhymes with chaos, dad. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then like, he's, I had his two arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, I thought that was quite nice. Yeah, you yeah. Seen that because it was like that was just like a dad uh, thing to say. It's like mm. oh, that's too artsy. Like yeah. turn that music down. It's too lewd, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like a Hollywood film, that scene would maybe be the characters would be like it would go sort of really melodramatic, and the yeah. cats were like, right. To, to help this yeah, guy, like, and, get and him somebody'd to... slam a, a plate and yeah, walk out the road, yeah. and somebody start greeting. <laughs> yeah, and somebody tell it's it's it's, it's okay, Julian. It's not your fault, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something like really quite patronising mm. like that. Um, but I just kind of gives it to him. Says that's shite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seen a Clint Eastwood movie. That's fucking the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it. I was waiting on like you know the he's because he was telling about the shootout and he was like the telling about all the bullets and yeah. that was brilliant and then he was like talking about the you think you're lucky you know but then he didn't, didn't he say punk and I was like, oh right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so it was no really um weren't leading towards some kind of salvation <clears throat> of the uh-huh. character mm-hmm. that you would uh, normally find uh, in films about this but which which is good mm-hmm. um. Because again, that and and this obviously, I mean, his uncle's. I mean, he said he wanted his uncle to star in it. Mm. You, you know, but he, he couldn't get him out of the yeah, the, yeah. Um, institute he was in. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's not something that goes away or resolves and or like magically. You know, you go on a, a Vegas weekend counting cards with your brother and right, yeah. come back and you're all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, um, so yeah, it's quite again an honest and real portrayal. Mm. Um, what was his uh, like? He was hanging about with his friends. We went bowling and stuff like right, that. Right, yeah. And it took me like to the next time we met them to realise that they were all like part, uh, partially sighted or blind. Mm. Like, how did he fit in with that? Um, well, that seemed but to then, be some kind of. Well, I know because the sorry the the yeah because the, the albino guy he's like, he had bad sight. I know right. that when you lose that, you can become part of your partially okay. sighted. Right. Um, yeah, that seemed to be some kind of day centre or something. So right. I don't know if he was kind of helping out there because there's sure. one scene when he's like mopping the floor. Yeah, yeah I saw that stuff. as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. Mm. Um, so I wasn't sure, but like I liked those kind of scenes. That was quite interesting. Um, and that little girl was talking to Clusimania about like she thought she could see fine. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard that like and not like, who need glasses like kids who need glasses. Right. Um, have maybe been going on. Um, I mean my niece, uh, she got glasses maybe when she was like five or six. Mm. But, like, apparently the doctor said, like, she probably thought she'd see fine. Oh, right, yeah. Like, and then she, like, glasses, and, she, and then she's realising that she couldn't. Mm. But because she, she'd never know, known anything else. Her brain just, right. your brain just accounts for it. Okay. It's like, there was one thing, well, I work at an eye clinic, right? Um, And there was something that had happened with, with this, like, kid's eye when he was younger. And it just never, like, something happened. And the eye was actually healthy now. But it never switched on, right. right? But they didn't know, like, and because there was something wrong with it, and then it went away. But the brain, it was past the, that age, the the point of development when your brain develops these links with your eyes and everything, right? right. And, and and sets up. So the brain had just stopped using it, and there was no way for that to mm. come back. And it was, I, I didn't know, you know, it's really right, yeah. weird. Like, it just like I can't remember what it was specifically, but it was. Say like somebody put a patch over your eye, like mm. say from your born. Like your brain would just be like, there's nothing there, right. so it eventually just stops using it. Mm. So that even if someone took their hand and for you know away from it, mm. some sick fuckers gonna try that and it's gonna make it. They're gonna make a film that right. I get. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I so it's quite I quite I quite like that. You know, how she was saying she thought she'd normal vision. Yeah, that's yeah. Quite a nice. That's a very like clean oh, yeah, speech. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he didn't technically. Well, I don't know if he wrote it, but like. It was something Written. he would capture, you know what I mean? Aye. I, quite, I thought it was quite interesting. The kind of, I thought it from watching the film, but you know, it was confirmed watching the making of the the hidden cam cameras thing. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it felt like that, but then I wasn't sure how far he'd went with that mm. kind of thing. But yeah, it was. Uh-huh. I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, because at no point, I mean, Clusivina was talking about. She thought it might not be, it might not get anything from yeah, the scenes. Yeah, yeah. But at no point did I feel that it was like 
like forced or waning you know what i mean mm-hmm. from in- interesting you know mm-hmm. no definitely um, um that's an interesting thing he does something that other dogma films haven't really done i don't think um that's sort of doing the spy cam thing yeah so sort of just sort of another sort of way to capture sort of reality or whatever yeah um what do you think of the visual style of the film i was uh, it was quite a uh... As I say, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you've confirmed to me that it was the video yeah. <laughs> and not um, if I will. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was um, like some points because it was, it was almost as if they were using like digital zoom. If you know what I mean, right, to, to like because they were sort of far away from at times. It almost started looking like some sort of crazy like painting. Mm. A lot of times with the the um, the movement and the, the, the kind of really grainy, you know. Um, almost unfocused a lot of it yeah, yeah. Um, I really liked it I thought it was really it felt like you were in this bubble with it you know what I mean like you were kind of, it was kind of claustrophobic Aye. in a way because you were in it so <clears throat> deep with the, the characters yeah um, yeah it was interesting like of all the kind of dogma films this is kind of the one where the technique uh, is most important in a way because mm. it's kind of expressionistic because he's trying to present what's in Julian's head mm-hmm. so the visual style yeah and the sort of the digital is more uh, it's kind of it's more of a prominent thing to the actual story compared to like, the, the idiots or mm-hmm. celebration um but what's interesting as well was it was dv then to 16 mil right then okay. to 35 i wonder because like, you know there's a heavy grain on it and yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't look like a video grain you no, know, yeah. Usually, radio you get a noise. Aye. Um, and I wondered that because, especially with the, you know, how there's a series of stills first week mm. and he meets up with his his buddies, and um, the green was still moving in that. So I thought right. that doesn't look like video. Mm. Usually, you don't get that if it's video. <laughs> you wouldn't probably get a green structure moving. Yeah, but, yeah. So it was right to sixteen then to. Yeah. 35. So I don't know like if the transfers came off of like thirteen, uh, thirty-five mil prints or where they came from. Right. Well, they must have came from film elements at least. You mean DVD. F- Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Because you, you know, as you're saying, they've got the kind of filmic green. Yeah. Structure. So I would think so. Maybe, maybe come for the sixteen. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I did. I liked the all add to it. I say it's. Um, and then even the end, like right at the end, it's kind of like the same shot from the beginning, but it's even more like almost defocused looking, mm. and it really looks like a just shapes. You know what I mean? It's really quite nice. Yeah. Um. But I, it's like, like green something I've really come like from the invent of even high high def. Like really come to like, I've really come to love it. If you know what I mean, yeah. it's just it's um, something about it. I don't know, and especially in this because there is such a kind of richness to the colours, and you know it's quite a kind of almost sepia tone and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff. Um, it just looks really, as I say, it looks like a, a painting motion, painting mm-hmm. motion almost. Yeah. You know? That's kind of how it became a dogma film, because he was looking for a new DP. Right, right. Because the guy that shot Gummo wasn't available. So then he was talking to uh, Thomas Winterberg about getting Anthony Dodd Mantle, mm-hmm. who was like the kind of the, the, the dogma DP. Um, and since he was kind of one of the pioneers of digital uh, shooting on video. Mm-hmm. Um, so he shot a lot of dogma stuff and he's worked with Von Trier since um, and then he's also worked with like um, Danny Boyle right. shot like 28 Days Later oh, uh, right, which okay. is standard death video I yeah. think as well mm-hmm. yeah. um, and he shot some uh, later, <laughs> tw- um, 127 hours I shot that um, probably some more Boyle stuff but um, yeah so he wanted to, he was going to work with Anthony Dodd Mantle and then that's how he kind of hooked up with those guys and they thought All right, let's make it a dogma film sure. um, so it's quite interesting how did uh, Bremner get kind of involved with it? I think uh, Kareem was just a fan. Mm-hmm. I think he'd saw him in um, the Mike Lee film Naked. Okay. So he liked that performance. There was, um, I think Kareem said he wanted DiCaprio to do it at first. Right, right. Um, but DiCaprio wasn't that keen. Um, as if he played like the guy in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Aye, right, right. <coughs> but, uh, yeah. <coughs> well, I mean, Capri was just coming off a Titanic at that point, right, yeah, so he's yeah. probably like, kind of like, <laughs> yeah. dude, <laughs> you know how much money I can make? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that wasn't his only thing. Yeah. Sorry, Leonardo Capri, if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, but no, I thought, like, Brenner's performance was oh, really yeah, strong, man. It's, I was sitting watching, and I loved him in Trainspot, and I think mm. that's probably the only other thing I've seen him in. 
Um, but I mean, this just blows it. It's like a different guy. The first time I heard his American accent, aye, I was a wee bit kind of because you see him and you you know he's Scottish. I don't know something. It sounded a wee bit off at mm. first, but once you hear it with all the rest of the characters, mm. it's it's right in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so unbelievable. Mm. Just like totally in in that you know lost in that character. Aye, yeah, it went quite method. Mm. I think because um, <clears throat> he visited the. The, the uncle, uncle yeah. Then, was he listening to him? Something yeah, yeah, I think he made headphones? some recordings and he sure. did the... Um, the tree of life thing, the tree, the family tree oh, thing right. was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was, he was talking to him. Is this, is this what you're yeah. to? <laughs> So, oh, um, and then to improvise all that material, uh-huh. it was pretty phenomenal. I don't know if, if, if he kind of uh, took some of the stuff that the uncle actually said mm-hmm. to kind of add his uh, sort of source material. Sure. Um, but uh, there's one monologue about like the Hitler and all that. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was genius. Yeah, yeah uh huh. He, he had the gun, he was holding yeah. him up, and then he was like, I'm all kidding, it's okay, come in. I'm all joking, it's fine. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I mean, that was brilliant. And then he was telling about his one rule and that, you know, it was like saying it because his family doesn't like right. Nazis or something like that. <laughs> he says, That's my rule, that's it, that's fine. Um, but that was, uh, that was really, really. Uh, Good. I mean, it was just again that holding the whole like kind of two or three minutes of the film, just to, you know, himself, like, yeah, yeah. No, nothing happening Aye. really was, uh, yeah, was really strong. I think he did the accent the whole time, like off. I thought that, yeah. I wondered that in the making of a Helen mm. talking to mm-hmm. Green, I wondered that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting we're talking about the we were talking about the dad again, but um, like some of his abuse seemed like to like he didn't want to do it himself. He was trying. He was trying to get like Julian to tell his sister that she she would you know she wouldn't be able to play the play the the, right. the harp mm. um, and that she was a slut. Right. And then she was trying to get him to tell her to tell him to slap his own face. Yeah. That yeah. was a brilliant. Like, right. If I was that stupid, I would slap my own right. face. <laughs> slap your own face. <laughs> um, you know, it seems, and even when like, she was trying to tell her to sit up straight at the dinner table mm-hmm. in the beginning, mm-hmm. like, he was meeting the grandma teller. Yeah. It was almost like he. Like sometimes he didn't know what he was like. I'm going to abuse these wins like verbally, but no idea myself. It's about right, right. it'll get somebody else to do it for me. <laughs> almost turning them against each other, yeah. you know. That was the scene where he becomes most kind of vicious. Mm. That slap, slap the face scene. Um, that's maybe the one scene where the, the schizophrenia is because he's trying to, he's saying, like, uh, if you hit your face hard enough you might re- recover or something wake uh, yourself up ah, yeah 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 dad seems to be this like kind of deeply I was going to say honourable but you know what I mean like he's this kind of he's just he trying to make the kids macho and like like respect you know like he's some sort of thing you know about making them certain things mm. but it doesn't seem like he's like any better himself I mean he can sit in his room with like try, try to get a natural high you right. know like, <laughs> Everest <laughs> Um you know, it's, it's kind of weird, you know. Mm. Um, whereas he seems to be like, as if he comes from like, a place where he would have been more respected person, you know what I right. mean? Mm-hmm. Almost like, you know, he's seen when he was younger, he was in that cigarette thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris managed yeah. to do it, and he's like, ah, in a couple of weeks, you managed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you fell over, you've got to get back up and smoke at the end of the dishes. <laughs> um, but I so that character's like kind of weird because he, he does seem like it's almost like he, he thinks he's well he, he does think he's better than them but like he doesn't mm. seem to like do anything mm. none of them really do mm. Mm. yeah so I just want to say something about the kind of technical side of the film sure. which is quite impressive mm-hmm. what Kareem does is quite interesting because dogma was normally associated with a realism mm-hmm. that it was kind of Handed down from like Italian neorealism, the new wave, French new wave, some of like documentary styles like direct cinema, and then people like Casavetti's. So this is kind of going down the chain. Obviously, that's exemplified in things like the handheld camera, like the improvisation, not no script, um, shooting on video, and also what Karine does with like the kind of the spy cam we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he does a similar thing to. Von Trier, in some ways where it's realism, but at the same time it's very constructed through mm-hmm. the editing. Yeah. And um, 
well, we saw it's a lot of montage cutting, like jump cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really big, um, kind of yeah, yeah. strong jump cut section, yeah, yeah. isn't there? A lot of freeze frame as well, mm-hmm. um, and things that are kind of from film, but the characters look like kind of doing stop motion type thing. Yep. So that's quite interesting because I think uh, what Kareen aspires to is some kind of cinematic truth, but it's not the kind of it's using re- some sort of tools of realism, but it's not used that exclusively. If you follow me, mm-hmm. what Andre Bazin, the French uh, film theorist, he sort of proposed the idea that cinema should aspire to truth by trying to recreate reality. So he was a fan of like Italian realism, and people like Austin Wells, where and Jean Renoir, who did things like trying to make it as real as possible in the sense of long takes deep focus you know what the neorealists did with improvisation and using non-professional actors real stories so and he was opposed to things well he wasn't opposed to but he saw people like the soviet montage uh, directors and directors who followed that path like hitchcock as sort of you're kind of cheating in a way because you're constructing a reality for the audience mm-hmm. um so uh, the the russian theorist and filmmaker zigavertov his idea of Kino Pravda, Cinema Truth, was um, that cinema should aspire to truth by rejecting Hollywood-style illusionism, like the rejection of that kind of narrative. But he didn't see a contradiction with constructing um, images. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they, yeah. all, they were obviously big into the montage. Um, so... I think Kareen's somewhere in there. As you said, like I think like when you said, it's kind of like realism in the mind, as if as if you are coming from the mind of Julian himself. It's almost like it's kind of, it's kind of all the, the the cutting and the style is almost a an expression of how the schizophrenia is coming through and within him. Mm. You know how maybe Kareen sees that, and or can it, well I guess can only imagine. Or has experienced how his uncle is, you know, the kind of cutting away from things, changing what they're talking about almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of getting locked into loops, um, as, as Julian seems to in the film sometimes when he's talking. Mm. So, I mean, I, I see you I mean. That definitely yeah. lies within that. I think it is, but it's definitely still, it still feels like real, mm. you know what I mean? But it's like a kind of, like, you know, a stylistic Real, you know, what I mean, everything within it seems real, but the editing obviously make is is it, it, you definitely feel a style there. Yeah, but I think it's it, the, its only purpose is to accentuate the, the kind of the actual illness, right? Or yeah. the point of view of the character. Mm. It's not being used to make you feel something or to you know to pull something out that isn't there. And mm. um, like in a you know a lot of Hollywood films yeah. you find are more traditional, mm. um, instructed things. So. Yeah, because how, how I kind of got to that, um, I was thinking, I was like breaking down, right, this film is like a sort of point on the the development of realism, mm-hmm. then, because you've got all with that dogma thing, but then I'm thinking, hmm, no, it's actually quite, at the same time, it's quite constructed, because um, Kareem's very into form and playing with form, and um, there's a lot of kind of shifts where seem to be re- breaking out at different time periods and things like that and it's all kind of patched together sort of collage style sure. um, that's something the one tree as well did later like uh, his dogma film The Idiots was pretty much pretty straight uh-huh. but then later with like Antichrist and mm-hmm. films like that mm-hmm. um, cool, yeah. he's been meshing that the realism of the handheld and all that with some more abstract type um, images and things, mm-hmm. things like that so, yeah, so I think Kareen's um, aspiring to sort of truth rather than realism. Yeah. Uh, although they're kind of, can work together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's everything that he seems to have captured feels real. Mm. It's, it's, it's the, the kind of, any construction has, has been in the editing room. You know what I mean? If mm. you know, so it's not like, obviously it's, it's not like special effects or as you say, like, you know, making up like kind of, explosion things like that so it's not like that kind of um construction mm. you know what i mean it's 
Um, so everything still feels everything that is there is real. Um, it's just as I say that you say it's just the way he's kind of put it together, and it's kind of kind of trying to say something with the outside the narrative almost. Yeah. Of the film. Did you like? Did how did you feel about the the ice skating scene with the, like, her falling the baby and stuff like that? I felt that was. It felt like that was almost the kind of most traditional part of the film because you kind of knew it was going to happen. Right, yeah. It was like you're almost waiting for it to happen. Aye. But it was nice the way it played out though because you thought it was. Gonna, I thought it was going to happen a few times before that, and then mm. I kind of forgot about it enough to mm. think he's let us go this long. It's probably not going to happen. It's right. not what you're going to think. And then it just happened, you know. So it was yeah, kind of yeah. it, it did work. Mm. Um, but you did see it coming a mile off. I thought. Right, like that's yeah. the last thing I'd do if I was pregnant with Big right. O. Mm. Ice skating, you know what I mean? Because it's not so good. Aye. Um, yeah, I think that was a point where they had a where the story was going to go. Right. And But it's fine. I just felt it was a wee bit melodramatic, maybe. Um, just um, how Chloe Sabini plays it. Uh-huh. I thought it was a wee bit. She yeah. does go crazy. Um, the screaming and that, but... In, in the wee last that shows way that doesn't have a good eyesight. Yeah. I was thinking, you're blind, no deaf. Didn't show oh. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just dancing still. Yeah. It's all right. Somebody's screaming, it, doesn't it? You still don't have to see it, you know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I just felt it was a bit maybe. Slightly contrived. Aye. Falls yeah. right on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Barely. Aye, but, exactly. You couldn't, mm. you know, go to the side mm. a bit of that or. It looked kind of like as if she went down to her knees then smack. Right. You know, yeah. it was kind of like, what if she, it was almost as if she was trying to do it, you know, right. but mm. I don't know. I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, what followed with her, her going to the hospital and stuff like that and then, like, Julian like, stealing the baby, what mm. did you think about that whole like, section? Was that? Great, great scene. Um, yeah, that was kind of caught in the fly as well, all that stuff in the bus. Right, yeah, 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 yeah I thought yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, must, I was kept thinking, like, if this is, because I was thinking, I was watching, I think, if this was caught, like, spy cam, these people must have been freaking the <laughs> fuck out. Because, <laughs> like, it was really creepy, like, you know, because right. you didn't know what was going on with them. <laughs> Powerful scene. Um, mm, definitely. Showing that, I think it shows the character, Julian comes out there as a kind of loving guy. Um, yeah, it really, um, it almost fe- feels like, almost like a normal rea- reaction if you know what I mean to like losing your baby right you know what I mean like that's kind of like that's what you'd want want today is take Disney Mater you'd want to take it home mm. you know what I mean I feel like that's what you'd want to do yeah yeah um, so it's like almost like a normal reaction but not something that somebody that didn't have a mental illness would necessarily follow through yeah yeah but um, you know that did it felt quite again quite an honest kind of like you just want to take it home Mm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought she, other than that, the bit was set like you know the end. I thought she did really good, really well as well. You know, oh, I, mean? yeah. I thought her and um, Bremner were really good mm-hmm. together. Um, <clears throat> I think I mean the whole cast was really, I thought really good. Like, I think I thought uh, uh, the brother Chris didn't get much to do. Mm. Well, he gets sprayed with the hose and that. Right. And he was climbing up the stairs with his horns. Get to wrestle uh... a. <laughs> A, a trash can, oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Sorry, is that where trash on first came from? Well. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's just like his dad seen out plastic. It was <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so, is there a key thing you take away from Julian Donkey Boy? Um, <clears throat> one thing you think of? If I had to pick one, maybe it'd be Ian Bender's performance. Mm, yeah. Which. Um, is a kind of root of the film definitely there's other amazing things like cinematography and that mm-hmm. um, but I think that's kind of a central peg mm-hmm. Um, I mean definitely I mean, I totally agree with you and Brown's performance but for um, for me I, I, well so I'm simply not seeing the, the, the same thing um, Herzog's like right. performance just like that cut me up like everything right. he was and I, I just um like you shouldn't like him, the guy, mm. but like I don't know something about the character and the way he br- he, he brings it. It just um, it stood out for me. Yeah. Um, and the guy, the look. I mean, definitely the whole look of the thing. It's almost it shouldn't look nice. Mm. Like you look at it at first and you're like, it looks really scratchy. You know, like you really kind of 
dingy. Yeah. But like as it goes on, it, be, it just kind of becomes this just the style of the film, and it's just it's um it's really nice to see that you know like doesn't have to be high definition like you know pristine right, yeah, clarity yeah. you know what i mean it just has to be mm. what it is mm-hmm. um so yeah <clears throat> be what it is right so i think that kind of wraps up our chat on julian donkey boy mm-hmm. um do you th- what do you think do you this your favorite of his or um, i'm still kind of leaning towards gummo i right. think oh, it's definitely they two up there yeah yeah um films after that uh, don't quite hit the same match sure. but um, no I think it, of all the Dogma films it's uh, probably my favourite sure yeah cool um, well I mean I'm enjoying kind of seeing them you know that's obviously seen kids and um, and Gummo now in this so it's quite I, I, I'm, I've kind of got an interest to see Trash Humpers but you said it right. wasn't that great mm, maybe worth seeing but mm. uh, um, and obviously we're looking forward to Spring Breakers right. when it comes out which looks like a rapid departure from the weird yeah yeah um, maybe get you know some weird in there mm-hmm. but um, certainly it looks a little more mainstream by the fact that there's trailers out there on like, actual websites right. and things like <laughs> and people seem to know about it is, is a different I think <laughs> um, so cool Okay, so that's us finished talking about the film. So now we're going to move on to random shit. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where we discuss any news, um, any film reviews, or you know, out with the the main film we do, or maybe some pickups, or sometimes just some random stuff. So first of all, Gary, will we hit the news? So there's a Disney sale going on just now. All right. Really? Two for one. Did you know that? No, I didn't. No, not right. at all. Buy one, get one free. Is that everywhere, eh? Um, it's not. It's, um, who's doing it? Zavi's doing it. Sainsbury's are doing it. I don't think Amazon are doing it. Right, no, because um, I haven't noticed it because I generally go to Amazon, but I was on Zavi the other day. But Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Play.com, maybe, I'm not sure. Mm, they're kind of weird just now. They still seem to be doing offers, but right, aye. It's, it's all kind of... Aftermarket sales, like or third party, you know, right? Yeah, although yeah. Zavi do like business to them, weirdly enough, on it because they've took taken on a lot of their of plays exclusive steelbooks yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah. um, but sometimes you'll go with an offer on like once, like a daily thing, you know, do daily offers, right, yeah. and you'll go and then it's like it's Zavi, all right, that's selling on play. It's kind of weird. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't, re- didn't realize that. Right, yeah, I picked up, I've ordered a few things, sure, um, anything. Well, you you can leave it to yeah. us. Not until you look at that man. That's uh, it's not the great selection. <clears throat> yeah, it's mostly Pixar as usual, um, and then I've kind of got most of the classics that are. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm kind of holding off for like, things like the Peter Pan. Stuff like that. I'm going to try and get the States version, mm. just because it's the Diamond Edition. I think the the special features are the same actually, though. They're not. They're not. Is no, it a second I've, disc? I've, yeah, I've got the. I've ordered that as well actually. The Peter Pan. Yeah. Yeah. The UK one? Then no US. Sure, sure. How much did you get it for? Um, it's going at something like 13 on Amazon.com just now, which is all right. Dollars or pounds? No, pounds. Right. Yeah. Ah, that's pretty good, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to I'm gonna definitely pick that up at some point. Yeah. Um, but I th- what was I, I was looking at one of them. I think it might have been... I can't remember, but anyway, it seemed to have special features on it. But is it, is it two discs, two Blu-rays on the um, US one? There's a triple disc one. Which is not the one I got. It's there's a, tri- there's a triple disc and a. Yeah, there's the one with the gold cover and yeah, there's the blue cover. But it's it's only the only the extra disc and that's a digital copy. Oh right, right. And that's the only difference. Right, okay. But, yeah, um, I mean the the additional um, special features in the diamonds don't seem that amazing. Right. But I think it's like some deleted scenes and then a feature in the nine old men. Right. But it's like their kids or something. Right. So it's not is, are the Diamond Edition US ones slim case like the US um, cases or are they thicker like I presume they'd be like US but I've never really seen all right. like many never occurred to me actually I yeah. don't have any of them because I was thinking you know because obviously the slip all case right. and stuff like that I don't know how it looks hmm. but it'd be interesting to find out at least right. you've done it so if, right. <laughs> if it's shite I don't have to get it now right. um, but yeah like, even just the artwork they seem to be making no effort really with their Disney releases at the moment yeah. over here 
in the states well you've got Hunchback of Notre That's Dame, right. yeah, Mulan, yeah. Mulan. Uh-huh. Um, that was the other one. Aladdin, yeah, Aladdin's up for pre-order here, mm-hmm. but it's not has, doesn't have a street date in the US. But I think it is scheduled for spring, right? For the next Diamond. Um, um, and that's one I'll probably try and get from the states as, as well. well, right? Um, <clears throat> not really bored and much in the Mulan or Hunchback. Right. I wouldn't mind seeing Hunchback. I've only seen hit one once Hunchback, but right. um, Aladdin I'd like to get in Peter Pan. Quite um, Little Mermaids out, I think. That's soon. November. Yeah, I, I would imagine it would get a diamond over here. But well, see, it, the thing is, I, I think people just saying like, oh, people will buy it anyway. Yeah, it looks like they're just scrapping the diamonds here. <sighs> really? Because uh, I mean, Aladdin, you would have thought would have been yeah, automatic. Yeah. Um, and I suppose Peter Pan as well, but um, I don't know. It sucks. Ah, yeah, it really does because it's um, especially when you're, you go to the bother trying to get them. Aye. You know. But um, they have been cranking them out actually. Um, in the states, at least, mm-hmm. there's not that many titles that um, haven't got a, a release or a scheduled release. Sure, because there's quite a few coming uh, this year. Right. Um, I know Winnie the Pooh's coming. Um, well, Jungle Boots is going to be the diamond for 2014. Right. The first one, uh-huh. I think. Um. What else? Is Robin Hood come? Don't, that's not got a date yet. Right. Um, Sword in the Stone hasn't got a date. I think I counted as only like 10 that don't have anything right. that um, is announced. So. How did we go into that? Oh, yeah, the Disney sale. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember that. I was thinking, where were we at? Yeah, um, I mean, looking at it, is it's, um, what about 101 Dalmatians? Is that got a diamond edition in the States? Not yet. I think no. I read um, that might be one for 2014 mm, as, right. along with the Jungle Book sure um, Sawed Dad didn't get a Sawed Dad get released here so early compared with it's not mm-hmm. even out yet but mm. um, cool but yeah I'll have to have a look as I say some of them the prices some of the Pixar stuff it's like you can maybe get cheaper but like Toy Story and things like that but 16.95 you can get the three of them right, for mm, that yeah. price but that's fair enough but uh, cool so as you know, the Evil Dead remake's just been released, Gary, um, in the States. Right. Or it's pending release, but the reviews are all kind of out and things like that. And so the, the reviews seem to be generally favourable. Um, but it seems like a weird time, like um, Raimi was being interviewed recently and he, he kind of was being asked about Evil Dead 4 and he, he kind of put out the comment that he'd, he'd, he'd still like to do it. Um, and then he said, in fact, me and, um, and I think he, he says his brother, but it must be Ivan, Raimi. Um, are planning to work on the script this summer, right? Um, as if like you know, it's quite. It kind of reignited the kind of fan flames of this might be coming. Oh, yeah. Finally, you know, after all these years. Um, <clears throat> but I think well, uh, Bob Tapp- Tappert said um, that if that it does happen, it will be like more of a, it'll be like Army of Darkness two, right. rather than Evil Dead four. Mm-hmm. Even though it's you know the same thing more or less. I think probably more to like not confused with the the remakes. I think that's getting a sequel. Well, they've already been oh, right, like yeah. a, a sequel for that. I think the director's already working on the draft to the script, so that could be really confusing. Right. Um. But Bruce Campbell's also come out and said like, I've been hearing this like every six months for the last like okay, 10, 15 right. years. <laughs> um. So until I see a, he says I'm still up for doing it, and if he phones right. me and says go, it's I'm you know I'm in. But. Uh, he kind of says it every he threatens it every six months he right. says <laughs> so I don't know how how much truth is in it obviously Raimi's out on the, the circuit way Oz just now mm. so maybe it's just something else to say in an interview yeah. when, they, when they ask him about it um, but that's that'd be quite interesting to see it'd be quite weird to have like two of the basically the same franchise going right mm. you know I mean completely separated now because I mean Army of Darkness is even that film's like miles away from right, Evil yeah. Dead um, not miles away but you know it's a completely different take on it uh, but I'm I'm really keen. You you gonna go and see the remake? Do you think? Um, hmm. no bored. I'll see what the reviews are like. I haven't seen any reviews yeah. of them, but uh... I mean, it, it does seem to be. Well, I mean, a couple, of, most of them look kind of nine out of ten and right. that kind of thing. Um, saying that it's uh, like a well, terrifying is one of the the quotes. Mm. But that's not like a it's not like a you know a box blurb quote. It's like saying that it is genuinely right. Um, like. Like a worthy um, remake mm. kind of like has enough of the original and um, some kind of new like kind of 
extreme horror kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm still excited about it. And um, I have been since it was announced. So everyone remember that when they'll jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be good. Um, no, but I'm quite excited about that. I think it's 19th of April it comes out. Yep. So I'll be there. Moving on. Uh, shall we hit something else, Gary? Right. Keep keep it going. Keep it nice and random. Yeah. No, no. What we're gonna do next? What we're we gonna do next, Gary? Back up, Ty. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Will I go first. Aye. Cool. Um, I've brought some with me. No. So yeah, a fair wee few of this this right. time. So, um, I start with. I get uh, the three for seventeen pounds on Amazon. Oh, aye. yeah. Um, just a couple of things. I've got um, ten things I hate about you. Hmm? Sorry, more for the wife, really. Like, yeah. I do like that film, but she really likes that film. Um, <clears throat> some interesting kind of retrospective stuff on it. You know, with the, like right, after okay. Heath Ledger's death and things like that. Um, Swingers. Right. Yeah. Seen that film? I have seen it. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah. yeah first uh, twenty minutes is amazing. Yeah, I, I, f- yeah. I felt it was wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, I liked the kind of, I, I liked the, the way it was shot and right. You know the kind of, I think it did a bit of kind of like, not really meant to be filming in the the casino and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. You know it was kind of like the spy cam almost, mm. but they didn't really they just went in and didn't yeah, tell yeah. anyone they were filming. Um, <clears throat> with that, I also got um. Flash Gordon Steelbook mm. um, which is nice uh, Blu-ray and the audio CD as well right. for the soundtrack so picked that up and I was kind of looking after I kind of picked it up because I'd always kind of wanted it it's a cheesy cheesy film right but I'd always wanted it um, and then I noticed like that there wasn't there's some special features on it there's a commentary with the director but um, I found out there was other editions you know like the US one has like, certain things on it but the UK Silver Edition had like, a Brian Blessed interview. Do you know Brian, Bre- yeah. Brian Blessed? Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently, like, it was pretty good uh, commentary. So oh, nice. I picked up, which I didn't know, the steelbook of the Silver Edition Anniversary Edition. Oh, well. right. Got that pretty cheap. That was only like six pounds or something like that. Um, for, I didn't even know this existed. The first one I saw was actually a signed copy oh. by Brian Blessed. Right. Um, I didn't manage to win that. Right. But it's pretty nice. So I picked that up. There you go. Flash Gordon in it. Um, what else did I pick up? I've got Friday Thirteenth Part Two and Three. Yeah. I've been kind of worried about buying it for a while because Warner bought over the Paramount catalog, oh, yeah, as, yeah. as we were mentioning before, and it looked like they had re-released them, and weren't, I, I wasn't sure. It didn't seem to say like you know whether it was still in three D the third part. And, you right. know, I wanted three D glasses and stuff like that, but I can confirm that it is the same release. It simply had like a new barcode on the. The cellophane, okay, kind of thing. Um, only thing is, if anyone's ever, if anyone cares, um, the 3D glasses on the back of the box looks as if they're stylized in the hockey mask kind of thing, right? Whereas the ones with the this release, I don't know, but the, if it's different, the original releases are just plain white oh, 3D yeah. glasses. Mm. But I don't really care about that, so but anyway, that's fine. Um, I was up at the HMV in Bray uh, Silverburn, oh, yeah, the Brayhead, it, Brayhead. right. Yeah, um, and they seem to be coming kind of like a kind of shutting down kind of bonanza of of money off and things like that. So I got um, I spent your grave the ultimate edition, right? Um, slip box thingy. Uh, I got Argento's Terror at the Opera from Arrow. Um, Christmas Evil, which I'd wanted at Christmas, but I couldn't right. manage to get. I got that for like I think it was like seven pounds, and it was like fifty percent off, so like three fifty. Right. So. Aye. Um, got Island of Death as well. Finally, oh, did yeah, yeah, got it. Um, again, I think that was that was eleven, so five fifty. Right. Same with Terror at the Opera. I mean, that was pretty good. I got Bubba Hotep. Right. You know the Don uh, Cascarelli. I think it is a uh, film with Bruce Campbell. Mm. Um, got that for three fifty as well. That was pretty good. Um, what else did I pick up? And the like as I was saying, play do certain offers like on a daily thing. Right. Okay. <clears throat> And it was um, the steelbook I was going to get a while ago. I don't know if you've ever seen Zombieland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got it in Blu-ray already, but I saw the the, the steelbook and it had, like, the rules on the, oh, on, the right. in the back and stuff. And it was like eight ninety nine, but I think it was the cheapest it's been 
this one thing from from place. I just picked that up as well. Um, leading the tramp, picked that up. Finally. Oh yeah, finally I've been trying to get that for a while. I managed to get that off eBay with slipcover and stuff. Right, so. nice. Um, True Blood season four again. That's something me and the wife watch, but right. I picked that up. So I may as well see it. Um, <laughs> it's good. It's shot in sixteen mil. Looks pretty right, good in HD. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually now season from season four on was shot by Dave Klein, the guy that shot Clerks and, oh, right. and that. So it's the f- uh, cinematographer. Um, <clears throat> else and it was in HMV and air like mm-hmm. I come back down and I finally managed to get Suicide Club oh, right. which is one I've been trying to get for a while or wanting to see for a while but it's just been released in the UK right. and it's the first like, anamorphic um, print um, I was reading up the this um, was it Cine, Cine du Monde is a new, a relatively new label in the UK um, and they've been kind of putting out this and stuff and the, the guy, I read an interview with the guy that's the kind of the head guy and he was saying they, they, they had one to put a Blu-ray out of this but the, the print that's available everywhere is that, like it's they haven't they, he says that the company that owns it didn't want to pay for like a restoration right. or like a new print to be made so it's kind of he said it wouldn't there'd been no point in putting it on Blu-ray mm. Um I'm quite interested to see this. I'd, I'd quite like to cover this at some point in the future in, right. in the podcast. It's meant to be pretty decent. Um, it's actually a reversible cover as well. Let's get that on the front cover with it. Right. Yeah. yeah. You just have to imagine what that is, <laughs> people at home. Um, but yeah, it's only got a trailer with it, but as I say, it's, I think it's only only anamorphic um, DVD that's out there right. for that. So, um, <clears throat> Also picked up... Obsession, Arrow, oh, right. Palmer one. Um, that was like seven twenty. It was like it was down to like, a, like the lowest price I've seen it right, ever. Yeah. It's back up now, like I think to like sixteen or something like that on Amazon. But um, it's quite nice. It's like a thicker than usual uh, slip cover, and it's got like this, this uh, full script in there oh, and stuff right, okay. in, in the book. So it's really nice. Um, I I I don't know if it's any good. It's right. just, a lot of people seem to like it, and okay. I want to see if I have to go before I see it. See this because I think it's. Oh, right, it's another one of these Hitchcock ripoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm not but, a big um, fan of the Palmer. Uh, I'm n- uh, not really either, but yeah. this had been quoted from Arrow saying that this was going out of print. Oh, and yeah. And they stopped really, doing the, okay. the script with it. So I saw it for 720. As I say, it was flagged up on Blu-ray.com as down to 720 or something like that, and I was like, I'm just going to get that. Right. So, but fuck it. And this last one <clears throat> was a kind of fuck it as well. Um, I had put like, a price tracker on this, for below seven pounds, I think on Blu-ray dot com because I was never going to get it unless it came to that price, right. and it eventually dropped, and I just got it to complete my Argento oh, right. um, Arrow collection, uh, the Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Um, I've seen the film and I've got like a a version of it, but it doesn't have this has the the commentary and stuff like that, that was released in the really? US one as well. So um, get I figured there's nothing else I could watch the special features, even though that the the Aspect ratios. Yeah, what's the name up. of that again? Univers- oh, Univis- Univisium. You're not right. Worse than that, like honestly, like, I thought it was meant to look pretty good. The print was meant to be good, but it was just the fact that it was fucked up uh, thingy. But like to me, like on the transfer, it looks really like at like almost digital oh, really? noise. Not noise, like artifacting. You know what mm. I mean? It, it, like, I've seen like I've had access to the the the, the US version mm-hmm. um, and it's like a nice just how you'd expect it you know what oh, I mean yeah. it's, it's like grainy it shows it's age a bit but it's right. not a perfect transfer but it's it's you know it's nice enough whereas this I don't know it looks quite maybe it's because it's a wee bit zoomed in I don't oh, right. you know what I mean mm. um, it looks kind of nasty in bits so but I thought I figured I always planned to get the US one or a US version at one point um, and it was like £6 something so I thought bugger it might as well get it yeah me as well. Um, and that's me, I think. Let me have a wee look back down through. Yeah. That's us. Right. Yep. Well, you've got a bigger haul than me this yeah. time, Simon. I, I, I kept looking at it thinking, you know, um, <laughs> it just seems to be getting more and more. That's how I knew it would be a wee person done the podcast. <laughs> what, what did I get? What did you get, Gary? Um, I've got Onibaba. 
Oh yes. The, the new release from Masters of Cinema on Blu-ray. Got Barton Fink right, on I, Blu-ray. I had thought about getting that right. actually. Is that just been released or? And um, I think it was last year. Right, out. right. I, um, I think you just must have flagged up on Blu-ray.com at one point. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's actually one of my favourite Coen Brothers films. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the first one I saw. Right. It's one that's kind of under the radar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get the hype of like Fargo or uh, Big Lebowski. Sure. I think it's probably their, maybe their best. So, got that for four ninety five, including shipping. Is that right? On Amazon. Mm-hmm. Marketplace. Yeah, what's the special features like on it? Ah, bare bones. Ah, uh, uh, right, right. Got this, uh, the Magic Lantern Cycle. Mm-hmm. The Kenneth Anger collection from the BFI. I think it's basically a. It's got what two, four, six, eight, ten, ten of these films. Um, I haven't seen any of, of them but um I was quite intrigued to get it. I think it's like sort of short experimental films. Um I know he was an influence on Scorsese. Right. Um I think he was like one of the first guys to use like source music like popular oh, tunes yeah. mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. films. Um so I got that at HMV sale um for a decent price, twelve forty. Uh one other Blu ray I got the Metropolis uh, Steelbook oh, yeah. Master mm-hmm. Cinema yeah. yeah you were trying to get that for a while you? you got the had the non-steelbook but yeah, you wanted yeah. the um, so I finally got one on eBay uh, goes for a pretty penny mm-hmm. these days it's uh, um, completely out of print because of the the, the fires at London yeah, Riots I think right, uh-huh. uh, took out a lot of their stock oh. and then they never repressed it so um, so glad to have mm, that that's good Um. And finally, I got this DVD, MGM, When the Lion Roars. It's a, it's a documentary about the history of MGM. Right, okay. So I quite quite like these um, retrospective yeah, yeah, documentaries yeah. about the different studios. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few of them, so it's quite good. Halfway through that, so. Mm. Hosted by Patrick Stewart. Oh, really? Yeah. The captain himself, eh? <laughs> or Professor X, if you prefer. Well, eh. Yeah. That's always played. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was Captain Ahab as well once. Oh, right, right. Yes. And Scrooge. Played Ebony's right, Scrooge right. once in a version of the Christmas Carol. Any more Patrick Stewart facts you need? <laughs> he also did the voiceover for the beginning of Ted. Oh, right. Yeah, right. because he's affiliated with Seth MacFarlane from... He does a voice in The American Dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Gary? That's all I've got. No. I just mean you want any more Patrick Stewart facts. Oh, right. No? Um... Alright. Alright. Okay, so that will wrap up this episode. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna try and get back on schedule. Like, yes. More often. Mm. We've let it slip a wee bit, guys. Aye. But that's alright. It's okay. I mean, not too bad. Mm. But we'll get. We're gonna get back on it a wee bit. I think. I think we should. I. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So if you've seen our schedule, which yeah. you put up on our Facebook, on Facebook page, you'll know what's coming next. So if you haven't seen it, last time. <laughs> you might not have seen it right enough. Sure. So, so if you've not seen it, aye. we're going to do the Smurfs. Right. Yep, that's the one. And 3D. Uh, oh, just doing a 2D. Well, the 2D. You get a 3D telly? No, see, so. What are you talking about, Gary? Right. Promise uh, things you can't deliver? The <laughs> <sighs> big tease you. Yeah. Aye. The only joking, folks. <laughs> what are we doing next, Gary? Um, it's irreversible. Irreversible. Um, we've talked other children's classic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Irresmurfable. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we've spoken about this film in relation to other films many times. Yep. So, pro- most likely we'll have nothing to say right. about this film. <laughs> um, but I've only seen it once, so it'll be interesting to revisit it. Right. Mm. Um, yeah, I was thinking maybe one of the only films that we've done that I've seen before we do the right. podcast, but I think there's a couple, there are a couple that I've seen before. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. Um, keep an eye out for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a like on Facebook, drop us a line, any comments. Sends an email. Yeah, if you you've feel seen that. The urge. Yeah. Huh? Send, sends an email if you feel like it. The urge, oh, aye, oh, aye. Oh, fuck, I was ready for an email. I'll, and I will reply to it. Or Gary yeah. will reply to What's it. What's the Facebook address? I said that already. Did you already? Oh, yeah. It's facebook.com forward slash yep. cinema subculture. That's right. 
What was the email address again, Gary? Cinema underscore subculture at hotmail.com. Don't go. It's actually just, it's put dot com. com. Um, If you want to brush your hair with it, Gary, that's absolutely fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so hit us up. Um, I think that's us out, Gary. What do you think? I think so. Let's take us out to the end, Gary. End the show. End the show with a bang, a big bang. Okay, so Janice next day on Cinema Subculture. Thanks for listening, and you big stream.